welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and it is my honor today to have Kalidas Hansen joining us. Kalidas is a disciple of Paramhansa Yogananda, and he's trained in Vedic astrology. He lives in the spiritual community of Ananda in California with his wife and son. And I personally have had a reading with Kalidas. It's been a couple of years, and I was just looking for the reading recently because you always take a recording and I couldn't find it. I, I'm, I haven't given up hope yet, but I remember enjoying it very much. And it was so, um, I just found it very interesting because I don't know a lot about the planets and the planetary alignment and how that affects us. And so there was just so much information, not only about how the planets are aligned now, but going back to your birth date and time and location. And um, I just found it completely fascinating. And I remember it was it was full of insight and wisdom and, and um, accuracy as far as things that I had been through and then um, projections about what you know, what could be coming from a, you know, from an astrological like perspective of what sort of opportunities and challenges could lie ahead. Um, so first of all, welcome. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, why don't we just start with Vedic astrology? Because I think a lot of people might be familiar with astrology, but the Vedic part of it uh, may be a new term. So can you just yeah. talk us through that a little bit? Certainly, it's uh, Vedic astrology is one of the Vedic sciences that the the great enlightened beings of the higher ages uh, designed for us to be able to use once humanity went through the lower ages. Mm. So we could kind of have a roadmap of insight into our own personal dharma as well, and which would mean our highest duty in life, that which will lead us to enlightenment as well as the situations and day-by-day experiences we have. We can get insight into the kind of energy that a day uh, will produce. But uh, the ultimate purpose of all the Vedic sciences is our liberation, our freedom, our happiness. It won, uh, the Vedic rishis, the, those who designed uh, Vastu, Ayurveda, yoga paths, as well as astrology, they had only one intention, and that was for us to get free and and live in grace and divine awareness like they had done. Mm. So the Vedic astrology is a science that's designed for our own spiritual expansion and understanding as we move through our life. And that's why at the, we, we need to know the beginning of your life, the moment of that first breath that you take matters so very much because it's kind of like you get a little snapshot of the whole journey right in that moment and it has to do with the placement of the moon where the sun is and where all the other planets are as well as a couple of energies that we call Rahu and Ketu and Rahu and Ketu are very interesting because in everyone's chart they will be present and they will be opposite meaning one will be on one side of the zodiac and the other will be on the exact opposite, polar opposite. 
And what Rahu and Ketu symbolize is our past and our familiarities, our habits, and those things that we identify with as us, our memories. And that would be Ketu. And then we have Rahu. And that is our capability of projecting our minds into the future. Much less stable because not based on memories or facts. It's all, it's all uh, possibilities. So wherever K2 is in someone's Vedic chart, it's going to show an area of instinctual familiarity. And wherever Rahu is in someone's chart will show a future direction of expansion. And yes, at first it will be unstable and difficult. Mm. But it certainly is that direction they must move if they would expand their consciousness and begin to believe in the divine reality that lives within each of us. Mm. So Rahu will often represent your challenge, the thing that you think you might not be able to do and yet you're called to do. Mm. And that's just one, one of the many areas in a Vedic chart where we can gain insight into where the person's been, what they might be doing. Yeah. Or this incarnation, uh, meaning a soul okay. that they're coming. They're coming into this life with a K two. They're taking their first breath with a K two, mm-hmm. which Vedic astrology certainly uh, asserts is connected to their previous incarnations, okay. their past. Mm-hmm. So Vedic astrology it does come from the yogic science and the, the Vedic sciences. They all uh, agree. That reincarnation is the only thing that really makes sense. Mm -hmm. That how did we all end up so different with such different karmas and different opportunities and skill levels and different teachers and mentors and parents. All of these things are not accidental or random. Mm -hmm. They're what we magnetize as a result of what we've done previously. Mm -hmm. So a Vedic chart has 12 houses. And each of those 12 houses will be an area of life manifestation. There's Dharma houses. There's Kama houses, which is desire. There is Artha houses, which is the pursuit of wealth and material security. And then there's Moksha houses, which are those houses that contribute to our deeper freedom. So every chart has a combination of these 12 houses and the planets land in one of these houses and it ends up telling an energetic story about the person's incarnation that is just not only fascinating and accurate but it does something for both the astrologer and the client to read a chart it it taps them into that source from which astrology emerged an enlightened uh source god god sent astrology through the open channels of the rishis into this world and i feel very blessed to offer that service because every reading for me is a deep spiritual experience of the reality of god and god's wisdom for each soul and uh yeah for that reason i'm very grateful to have discovered it and and have a meaningful way to serve yeah that's beautiful one of the things that I find so interesting about Vedic astrology is that pinpointing the time and place of the birth, because um, I went to elementary school through high school 
with somebody who was born in the same hospital on the same day as as me. Mm. And she um, and we went two completely different paths. So from a Vedic um, astrology perspective, when when I think of, OK, we were in the same location on the same day, we took the first breath um, and. So the stars were more or less aligned, you know, pretty similarly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she actually passed away a couple of years ago. She um, and and I, I don't know the details of it, but um, mm-hmm. but I know wow. she had a lot of struggles in her life. And of course, we all have our own versions of struggles. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's very interesting that it's it does take that into account, which sort of aligns certain people in a, you know, anybody who shares your birth date who is born in the same <clears throat> hospital or something or same state or whatever. Um, right. But it yeah, does that's kind mysterious. of show. Yeah. That's mysterious. Um, my, my wife's mother and my own mother were born a few hours apart. Really? <gasps> yeah. Wow. And, uh, they didn't meet until we were married, you know. Mm. And uh, my mom was born January first at eleven fifty-five p.m. And uh, Yvette, my wife's uh, mother, was born on January second at uh, one a.m. or something. Oh my! So God. they were they came into the world at the same time. And, mm. and it, yeah, they're both they're both crazy moms. <laughs> they have their, <laughs> they have their similarities, but they also have a very different past mm. and where, where you're coming from plays a lot into how you deal with your present karma as well as your reactive process. Mm. How in this life, how have you discovered uh, how important is the mastery of your own self and your responses to your karma? Because Richard Wormbrandt, a famous uh, Holocaust survivor, mm had a buddy who was in the concentration camps with him, received exactly the same amount of torture and difficulty as him. And Richard Wormbrandt emerged a minister and a saint who inspired thousands of people. And the other man was crushed emotionally and barely ever spoke. He lived in a state of constant trauma. Both experienced the same thing. So you see, it has to do with our response. And I would say also very important in this, our relationship of faith with faith in the creator. Mm. Who's giving us all these experiences? Yeah. Do we trust that being? Because if you don't, karma will be a lot more mysterious and conundrum-like. And you'll be trying to draw on a very limited well to uh, draw water for your thirsty uh, thought citizens or your your consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what what I'm saying is, if you don't have a connection to an eternal source, then your chart can look the exact same as someone who does, and your karma will look very different. Yeah. And that has everything to do with your own reactive process, which Mm -hmm. Yogananda gave us the science of Kriya Yoga, to understand that better, it has to do with the breath and the currents within the inner spine and the chakras and the human nervous system. 
And Kriya Yoga offers a way to achieve greater and greater mastery over that reactive process. Mm. So that's one way that we would see a very big difference in two people with the same chart. Yeah. And then also, because of your different past, you're going to attract different people from the very beginning of your life. And those people are going to have an extremely huge influence on who you become. And that's karmic too. Mm. Like my dad, very angry and frustrated and uh, drug addict and alcoholic at times, raising me, very violent, putting his fists through the wall when I wouldn't wake up for school. That's traumatizing. Yeah. But I look at it now as a yogi, and I see grace there. But I'm a yogi. I've mm -hmm. cultivated faith in God and seen that everything he's ever given me has played an essential role in who I am today. That's faith and the perspective of faith. But I could still, if I chose to, feel very victimized by my father's behavior towards me as a child. But I don't. I feel empowered by it. And in fact, I feel greater empathy for those who do experience abuse and and anger uh, coming through their parents in a dominating way. So it's, it's interesting how even though a chart can be the same thing, like my mom's and my mother-in-law's, very similar charts, uh, it will never, God will never repeat himself. As, as Yogananda said, every atom in the universe is dowered with individuality. And that's just the nature of the creator. It's not sameness, mm -hmm. it's newness, and it's ever new. And they, they call it actually, when you reach the deeper levels of God realization, they call it ever new bliss. Mm -hmm. But right now we have ever new struggles, don't we? Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's why we need astrology right. to help us have maybe greater objectivity about the kind of life lesson plan God gave to us so that we feel less personally victimized and more objectively uh, empowered to, to move through that karmic right. school. Yeah. I love this empowerment piece to it. And, um, and, and I would like to talk about the energy of astrology um, because we are in unprecedented times from our lifetime standpoint. Um, so, Mm -hmm. Do you have suggestions about using astrology to to continue to grow regardless of the external and regardless of our sign and what we seem to be up against according to our chart, you know, and yeah. what is the chart, what are the charts saying about and because you can have like a, a mass sort of this is what the earth or humanity is going through in 2020. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So please tell us about just the energy sure. of astrology. Sure. Well, first of all, we have what's called the transits. And the transits are the current planetary arrangements. Right now, at this moment, all those planets exist. And they're, they're like spherical, spiritual deities that help us on this planet work through our karma. And, and by the way, around. I'm so yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but it, we okay. are we happen to be recording this. Actually, my time, it's 2.22 on September 22nd, the equinox, 
So wow. we, we actually are hitting the equinox for this. Um, and I just noticed right. that it's 222 right now, but which Incredible. I just think is beautiful. But I love that. Thank, I, you, for, that thank was, you for sharing that. Yeah, that was not even, we didn't even mean to do this on the equinox. <laughs> we planned this, you know, a, few, a while ago. But anyway, yeah. how wonderful. So please, yeah, sorry and, to interrupt. Know, but. The, more, the more you look at the astrology, the more you see that the creator is very organized, mm. even down to our little tiny lives, very yeah. organized. And then you go as big as the whole universe. And that's also very organized. But uh, God can be trusted. And the way that the planets move through the, spa the space around us, that affects each individual according to their chart. So what house is Saturn, the planet that enforces our karmic learning? Very patient, very slow planet. What, what house is he transiting in your chart? That will be something that we could talk about individually personally for probably 30 to 60 minutes mm -hmm. and it would help you through this period and uh, Saturn moves through one sign in about two and a half to three years so what's happening now in January January 14th 2020 Saturn changed signs and every time this happens big stuff changes these bigger planets Saturn and Jupiter when they transit the whole world feels it and everyone responds to it in a different way according to their own horoscope what house is that big planet moving into now because it for instance if it's moving from your 12th house which is your last house it's a moksha house and can it can present extremely difficult tests when saturn's in your 12th house because he's really wanting you to get free from some deeper layers of maybe egoic attachment or resistance, mm. or maybe we need to learn faith on a greater level. But when, when Saturn moves into the first house, which is the next house after the 12th that he would move into in someone's horoscope, that would symbolize a whole new beginning in their Dharma. And would meaning that, that first been... house be where they started? So where it was when the, they were born? So, so the very first house in a chart is what was rising on the east when you were born. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, and so everyone has this first house. It's according to their birth time, the time of day that they were born. Okay. Some people are born at sunset, some at sunrise, some at moonrise. All of, Whatever's rising in the east has a potency, and that's the very first house of the chart. Mm. So if, for instance, you're a Libra in ascendant like me, when Saturn goes through Virgo, He's going to be going through the 12th house. And that's the house of ashrams, seclusion, retreats, uh, getting away from society. The lower manifestations are prison and hospitals and, and uh, being forced to be okay. in solitude. But the higher manifestations of 12th house are like ashrams. And when Saturn went through Virgo, the year was, uh, it was 2010 and nine and 11. It's about two and a half years long. I happened to end up at Ananda. Oh, interesting. And, and it triggered a lot of my karma. Well, in, in my case, Saturn represents children and family. Mm -hmm. So what did he do? He, he had me meet my wife. And by the end of that time, we were married. 
And then shortly after that, we had a child. And those represented some of the biggest tests of my life. And also greatest blessings, Mm. to be sure. So the, the sign that Saturn moved into in 2020 was Capricorn. And this is extremely significant because Capricorn represents organized work, organized structures, uh, such as uh, the government or Ananda Village or the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, or the WHO, the World Health Organization. These are all systems, structures that are in place in our world. And, And to a certain degree, we depend on these structures, Uh, like a daily flow of a business is a Capricornian thing. Okay. Having to be somewhere on time is a Capricornian thing. They're they're usually great at goal achievement, groundedness, and structure. But when Saturn goes through Capricorn in the Zodiac, Saturn is a planet of purification and completion. And that's what he's going to completely purify that house and Capricorn has a lot to do with the uh, the beginning of a big change in the USA hmm. because because of the USA's moon placement the the United States does have a birth 1776 July 4th and it has a birth chart and the United States has just entered into, when Saturn entered to Capricorn, a seven and a half year period of great transformation. And this is called Sadi Sati. Everyone goes through it. It's a time when Saturn goes over the moon in your chart. And that's happening right now for the United States. And it's starting with organizational purification. Hmm. What does that mean for us? For each of us, Saturn's in in one of the 12 houses. We'd have to look at your chart to know exactly personally what house is being purified completely at this time. But you can, this is universal, what I'm about to say. The systems that exist in each human also need changing at this time. Not just our external world, our internal one. And we have all sorts of systems that aren't serving us anymore. Reactive processes, for example, that feel offended when human beings in this world hold a different opinion than us, especially a political one. And the more we live in fear and separation from it all, the more we'll feel threatened by that. But the more we recognize our own need for growth and maturity, and respect of others because they've had, remember, different parents, different mentors, and different teachers all throughout life. Mm -hmm. So we can't expect them to be like us. What about learning more tolerance for them? That would be a system that we could improve. That would be Saturn's intention to improve our own individual systems, the ones that are malfunctioning. And I can tell you there's a lot of external systems that have become very corrupt darkened with selfish greed and influence of very brilliant, intelligent evil. Mm. And we're going to be exposed to that. And we're going to be aware of the dark corruption that has infiltrated many of the systems we depend on in this world within these next few years, I'd say until 
until Saturn gets into Aquarius, which will be January of 2023, all the systems and structures and organizations of the world are at risk. And what does Saturn look for? He looks at the root chakra. Saturn represents our root chakra. And he says, what, what is... Uh, what is this uh, organization at its root? What is the intention behind this organization? Is it pure? Because if it is, I'll strengthen it. And that's what's happening to Ananda right now. It's what happened to Ananda during the lawsuit years, 29 years ago, when Saturn was in Capricorn last time. And ultimately, it strengthened the organization because it was one of Dharma. But it will, it will loosen and ultimately dissolve the undharmic, that when it, when it inspects the root chakra of an organization, it finds greed and selfishness and, and brilliant intelligence of evil, that's going to that's gonna be exposed and purified. And that will also apply to you personally. Do you have any of those deceptive mechanisms that you've been tricking yourself with for too long now? Because that's the real personal opportunity in all this is God's creating some real trouble in the world. But if each of us works on our own individual system purification and restructuring, the world will heal a lot quicker than us all hammering into the outer system saying those need to change first. Because the truth of the yogic path is that nothing external will ever change in your karma until you change your inner uh, magnetism, as they say. And right. the, the theory is that your your spine is a magnet and you're attracting your very reality. So if you don't like what you're attracting, we can work with the magnetism inside by improving our attitude and other things, yogic practices mostly, to change that magnetism. And that's actually how we can collectively as humanity begin to attract a better circumstance but my feeling as an astrologer is that may take a couple more years mm. for uh for more and more people to awaken to the corruption and eventual inevitable destruction of the system of materialistic values that cult that many cultures have been built on and things will probably look worse before they look better that's also a sign of Saturn in Capricorn is all the stability that we thought existed is suddenly not there. Yeah. And this could also, this could be huge in the financial world. Our systems of money are changing. And this could mean a, a great, great trial for humanity. It could mean that there's things like food shortages and, and not enough mm. for some time because of the 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 system's corruption and and how are we going to know of its corruption if we don't see a big problem that it has produced right yeah but again we can come back again and again to our own need for transformation through this because i don't think it's god's way to change our karma when we refuse to learn the lesson from it. It's very much like school. If you show up to school and you say, the teacher doesn't know anything, they're stupid, I don't want to learn, I'm just going to throw stuff at my friends in class, 
then you'll probably have to repeat that grade. Mm-hmm. And so, so here we are, we're repeating a grade probably now. There's lessons in this life we've failed to learn in previous lives. So it, it all comes back to your own personal relationship with what we call God. And that, that Vedic astrology, in my opinion, uh, shouldn't be consulted without some level of faith in the creator. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that this horoscope, which we're looking at for each individual, comes from him. It's right. his gift to you. Right. And it, yeah. represent, it, perfect, it represents a perfect life lesson plan for you individually. Right. To achieve what you're here to get to work through and learn. And so that's a, an, a really interesting way to reflect on the chart when you do see um, turmoil and churn and dis- dissolution, you know, or d- dissolving of um, structure and what is, because you're talking about, you know, we're going to see that, that, you know, life is what we're used to is, it is no longer exists. And I think mm-hmm. to a certain extent we can, we have experienced that already, you know, it, it, to, to some level, if we, I mean, I was just reflecting on this yesterday or the day before where it was like, wow, you know, you just, just masks are just how it is now. You don't even think about it or at least, you know, in, in where I am, it's just like, mm-hmm. You notice it if somebody doesn't. Ha- I don't even really notice right. it. I'm not really even that tuned in when somebody doesn't have it. But I know I passed somebody, you know, the other day, and my husband's like, "I can't believe they went in there without a mask on, and they're putting those workers <laughs> in." And you know, like now they're going to make those workers have to be awkward, you know, and mm. put their foot down, or how's it going to play out? And I was like, "Oh, they didn't have them on." Like I just didn't even. It's yeah. just not even on my radar anymore, but. But yeah, it's one like, of the, the big issues right now. It's the go ahead. I want to hear what you have well, to say about that. It's just it's just interesting that you know here we are in September. You go back to February and like no, that was not a thing at all. Like it just was not a part of our culture, and so yeah. um, that's a, I think a pretty quick turnaround for all of humanity, more or less. Okay, I'm talking about my worldview. You know, <laughs> it's like the whole of humanity of the you know hundreds of people I've been around in the last yeah. few months, <laughs> rather than the billions. But um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big change in a quick yeah. amount of time. Yeah, it is, and the, this is part of the beginning of Saturn and Capricorn. Is he's revealing to us something very important. It's about the system. It's about the media. It's about our medicine system. It has to do with how the information is filtered and brought to us, the public. And this is a system. And it's a system that's very corrupt. And it's in the process of being exposed. And if we didn't have this imposed on us, that wouldn't be true. There's a lot of really upset people about this who say uh, each person's health is their own responsibility. The human immune system is miraculous. If you can take care of that, you won't actually be susceptible to things like viruses and colds. That's just another perspective. I'm not saying it's strongly mine or I disagree with mask wearing. I'm just saying there's a lot of different perspectives because there's a, every horoscope's completely uh, different. Mm-hmm. Every karma is completely different. So what's my point? It's that 
maybe, and this is my theory, mm-hmm. so uh, perhaps it's not as educational as the intention of this program, uh, this podcast. No, it's fair but game. My, my theory, thanks. <laughs> my, my theory is that this this uh, this health system is very corrupt and does not have in interest our highest good. And so the the um, the mandates that they're pushing on humanity and trying to enforce and uh, create us the quote the new normal. This is a mark of the system being, in my opinion, at its end. Mm. It's making some kind of last effort to fully silence and and hold its uh, its dominance over the, the consciousness of human beings, and it's it's failing. People are waking up in droves to the to the absolute corruption of our media and a lot of the people in charge of our health industries. This is Saturn in Capricorn, and he reveals first the problem. Now, I don't think that the health organizations are my problem. My problem is my response to corruption. I get all pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's my personal growth, okay? When an organization abuses humanity, I get pissed off. This is my own system malfunctioning. And it's way better for me to work with that system than to allow my own malfunctioning system to attack another malfunctioning system. First, I must get my own system calm and under my control if I would seek to be an instrument for the improvement of an external system. And I think this is the step that humans are attempting to leap over is we want to change the system without changing ourselves. And look at the result. We're Mm. seeing death and murder in the streets of America. And it's not pretty. And this Mm. is what Saturn and Capricorn will first look like, is that the systems that are going to change in this next few years, they're going to look ugly, corrupt, and in need of change. Mm -hmm. And I personally think that's what mandates uh, are triggering in the people, is Mm. some kind of uprising so that we're going to question the authorities with real transparency. And we're going to prove to the world that we've been tricked. But that's just my, that's personal. And I don't, I don't think it's wise for me to go into a subjective place. I need to remain more objective because uh, I could be wrong. And that's important for every human also to admit about their system is this system could be a little off. I haven't, I don't know for sure. So being willing to say I could be wrong, that brings us to the feet of Divine Mother, of of the Heavenly Father. And we say, uh, you know what you're doing with your world. It's not my job to understand everything. It's my job to be an instrument for the light and the love that I'm made of. That will help this world. Yeah. But if I go and attack all the systems that I don't agree with, I'll fall victim to anger. And that will not make me an instrument for the light. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love your, I love the, the sense of uh, rebellion, <laughs> you know, where, <laughs> uh, which I relate to because I definitely also carry a, um, a, a suspicion, I will say. And um, 
And I, I do feel that we are at the very least giving something up with this separation. You know, in many ways, we are giving up an emotional connection, which I, I taught meditation today in a yoga studio and I saw a couple of people I hadn't seen in many months and I and the question was are you hugging you know and we had our masks on but it was are you hugging and it was like I'm starting to please hug me you know and it was two different Mm -hmm. people just today and another one on Friday who I know has been very very careful and um, and we had such a beautiful soul connection in in a discussion mm. we were having. And as I was leaving, I I know that she's been so careful. She did. She traveled to Europe to see family and came back and self quarantined for like two weeks, even though she didn't need to. It was that was not mandated. But she and she had gone mm. from a hot spot, you know, the U.S. to a less so. But anyway, right. um, and I was like are you hugging you know and she's like I can't not we have to hug you know <laughs> and so mm. you know from like that just emotional piece societal it's I think that you know that separation is definitely mm-hmm. something that is um that I I that we we're losing you know we're on the yeah, losing end of we that live- Right, right. And we live for this connection, this feeling yeah. of unity, or this feeling of God's presence. So, yeah. so the, ch- the churches are closed. Mm. Uh, people are being asked to stay apart from each other. Mm. Uh, what is it that really empowers human beings? Is it money? Is it success? Is it human beings thinking they're great? Or is it something much, much, much greater that holds all these other things together? It's God. God empowers us. And to to recognize that from a diabolical perspective, you might want to remove someone's connection to that great source of power, which perhaps could be their only way to see through the subtle deceptive veils that are weaved by the mainstream corrupt organizations at this time. So God is our answer. And I believe that humanity through this, especially the United States, because the moon of the United States is in a place of individual free choice. Mm. And we know this is a free country, free speech, free this, free that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We love freedom. That's the, the birth of the United States has the moon in the house of free choice, hobbies, interests, innovation, start your own business. And this is never going to change. This is going to be true about the United States. It's a place of opportunity. And right now that seems to be being off the table a little bit. Yeah. So but the question is, what, what did we do to create this lack of freedom? When we're such a free country and we're so used to so much freedom, and it's a really good, uh, when you work with astrology charts, you often work with opposites. Like if there's a lot of energy over here, then the other side of the zodiac is going to need some for your balance. Mm-hmm. And and what is the, the moon of the United States chart is in the third house of, of freedom. But the opposite of the third house is the ninth house. And that's spiritual freedom. So there's a difference between our will and God's will. And if we all in America just think it, freedom is following whatever we want to do, 
we're going to from the ego perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many different points of view, we'll kill each other. Mm. So there's some ninth house energy being called in at this time. The U.S. needs to become more aware that God is our strength again. There's way too much egoic detachment from our one true security that holds our breath and heartbeat moving in this moment. And that's freedom. So if the United States wants to feel free, it's not by doing whatever they want and creating all this lack of morality and and greed as the the main dominant factor in mm-hmm. an American's consciousness, that's the third house. And it will always lead us to loneliness and lack of attunement. Mm. It will destroy whatever we wish could be. Yeah. So the ninth house is the other side. It's a lot like Martha and Mary in the Bible. Uh, Martha was, she was a uh, very interested in doing what she thought was the right thing to do. And that was serviceful. She was making tea for the guests and food. And Jesus was there sitting with Mary. And Mary was anointing his feet with oil, with devotion. And Jesus pointed out when Martha complained that Mary is choosing to be with her guru. Where are you, Martha? Where is your mind? He said, you are careful and busy about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that, Hmm. and that is devotion. So if we go and try to make a success in this this country, and we might be able to succeed and make some money, but eventually we're going to lose all of it because of death and the inevitabilities of temporary life and fragile existence. But if we do so with God and say, I... I trust that God wants my life to turn out miraculous and successful, but I need his guidance. Otherwise, I'll be stupid and I'll react to my karma in a selfish way that creates worse karma Mm -hmm. rather than leads me to my glorious destiny of uh, spiritual freedom. So what I think is going to happen in the United States is we're going to become a lot more spiritualized that will recognize the limitation of our own free will when not guided by the divine. Mm. And and that's kind of a classic third and ninth house setup that you'll see in individual charts sometimes too. Uh, Somebody will be a real free bird hippie, you know, they just want to do whatever they want and but then they'll get involved in like a spiritual organization and that organization will require of them a little bit of like Mm self-discipline and it'll call out that third house. They'll say, how free are you really? Are you free enough to serve selflessly for a cause you believe in, even though you're tired? Mm. So, so what I'm pointing out is that freedom, freedom actually isn't doing whatever we want. Freedom is doing what will lead us to the greatest joy and, and happiness and only only our creator knows what that is for each of us. And he has certainly, he has that written in your stars. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And this, I think, brings up the larger point that when it comes to your chart, you're going to have Saturn causing disruptions at certain time yes. in your life because that's how it works, you know, and we have different 
different planets that are affecting change in different ways, but they can be really painful, traumatic trials that we're given. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's the what what I'm hearing, you know, you're using it in the context of freedom, but I think it can be even broader where it's like these are, yes, they're hard and difficult and we're in there, they are trying, but God is there because that is how they're like um, propelling us or at least inviting us to learn and grow and to do something different. And sometimes we need a jolt because we're, when we're mm-hmm. comfortable, we're often not changing. You know, we're often not bettering ourselves if we're finding so much comfort. Why would we upset the apple cart if, exactly. if everything feels yeah. so fine? You know, why would we wake up if the dream's so right. nice? So, right. um, and I and know that's that, why. That's that's why Saturn going through the root chakra, which Cap- Capricorn is a, a sign that's associated with the root chakra. So Saturn going through it is going to create this awareness of our lack of securities. Mm-hmm. Where where are we not yet rooted strong in, in uh, something trustworthy that we have faith in that's not going to fail us? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have put their faith in the current system of our world. So they're very scared because yeah. I assure you, and I think I, I echo the voice of many millions, the system's done. There's a new one that's going to form. And that the reason is because it has become corrupted. And there's a lot of dysfunctionality to this system. And it's, it's not any human who's going to point it out and say, this needs to change right away. It's going to be Saturn himself. Mm-hmm. who forces it into our awareness through life scenario. It, it could also involve greater crisis than the one that we have seen thus far, the, the riots and the virus and the, uh, and... the, right. So there's, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Cataclysmic events. And it's, isn't it showing all of us how very insecure times we're living in? What, yeah. what absolutely insecure times these are. And again, comes back to you individually and me individually. How do we respond to that insecurity? Do we deepen our relationship with something eternal and trustworthy? Because I would recommend that. That would be the, the one way mm. that, and you mentioned tests and challenges. Mm-hmm. What we want is to be free from those, right? You, yeah. you want to be free from all your hardships for all eternity, and so do I. Mm-hmm. And that's that question is about the third and the ninth house. Are you going to try to do it your own way and get, get free from it in your own, by your own thinking and your own devices? Because God will let you try. Yeah. But you might, you might hurt some people and create a lot of bad karma in the process if you don't ask first for love to guide you, yeah. for God to be your charioteer, as in the Bhagavad Gita, the the beautiful analogy of Krishna being the charioteer, that's the guru or God incarnate. And Arjuna, the disciple, is in the passenger seat. Mm. And Arjuna in the story puts all his faith in Krishna. He's a devotee. He knows that Krishna will ultimately Whatever, wherever Krishna is, will be victory. He knows that's true. 
But do we know that's true? Because right now, you could say we're in the passenger seat of a car. We're not behind the wheel. We don't have control over this external reality. Right. So it's the car is being driven somewhere. And there's a lot of us freaking out in the car, not trusting the driver. But you remember when you were a little girl or a little boy, uh, from me, we would drive around with our parents and they would have the wheel. And we would trust that they knew how to get us where we were going. And sometimes they'd make a, an extra stop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'd take a different route. But never did the child lose faith that their parent knows exactly where they're going. And that somehow they have this amazing awareness of how to get around town and where to get off the freeway. And, and that's just how, that's how a saint has become later. They've learned to trust their divine mother so very much that they don't ever worry anymore. Mm. They can relax in the passenger seat and be present and enjoy life. Taking each challenge, each day as it comes, with present moment confidence that God's going to help them see the way to move through this. Yeah, That's the, the all-important house in an astrological chart is the ninth house. Because it connects you to spiritual good fortune. In, in India, they call it the house of grace and good fortune. And that, that only comes when we understand spiritual law and begin to accept our karma as essential to our learning rather than reject it and feel victimized by it, which would be more of a third house thing. Like, y'all aren't treating me right, so I'm going to fight you because that's what I do when people don't treat me right. Right, yeah. Instead, there there would need to be a, a pause where we said, Divine Mother... I'm wanting to go my own way on this. And I know, I know from experience that my own way gets me in trouble. Please mm-hmm. guide me. That's how you can change your horoscope. Mm-hmm. You need a relationship with something trustworthy and smarter than you. Yeah. And that's hard, that's uh, hard to find in this world. But you can find it right within you. And the, the masters point us towards the frontal cortex in the brain as a place of insight and enlightenment that we can that we can offer ourselves at for for prayerful guidance. That's so that's beautiful. what uh, what Yogananda teaches, and he he very much loved and respected astrology, but he never encouraged anyone to just blindly accept. Uh, imposition of their karmic limitation Mm. rather once you perceive the karmic limitation it's actually it's a great blessing you become aware of something that that needs to dissolve a limitation in yourself but the truth is you don't know how to dissolve it and this is where the, the spiritual path becomes very fun like a like an adventure between you and your greatest friend who ever lived and that's god and you say, I don't have any idea how to work through this karma, but I know you know everything and have all the power in the universe, infinite wealth and insight. And I pray that you guide me right now today, right here, that I may uh, have an insight to take the right step here. And in this, this way, it becomes kind of like a, an ever-present ever GPS system that's not going to give you a whole bunch of steps 
that are coming, but it will give you this next one that's appropriate. Well, so I mentioned, go ahead, go ahead. No, it, and that's a very excellent point that I would like to unpack a little bit, and that would be the free will uh, next to yeah. channeling. So it could be astrology, it could be tarot or, you know, different readings, different psychic mm. readings. I, I could, you know, you could, you could apply this to things beyond astrology, but yeah. um, the fact that they should be approached as a way for liberation rather than being binding and rather right. than being like, oh, well, your chart says that some really tough times are coming. So, you know, just buckle your seatbelt. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's also... And there will be great, great opportunity right. in all of it. And you That's mentioned... Important. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Yogananda's view on astrology. And there's also a really uh, poignant story about Yogananda and his own readings, at Vedic astrology readings as a child or as a young young man, teenager maybe, um, and how he he resisted it, you know, very firmly. I don't know if you want to go into that yeah, story, but sure. it's amazing. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, he, the, the astrologer, when he was a young man, had told his family that he would marry three times and be twice a widower. And this is, a, I'm glad you bring that up, because this is where my work and my teacher are somewhat unique compared to the mainstream astrological Vedic world, which does specialize a lot of the time in predictive science. And this predictive science is, the astrologer is attempting when they give you specific predictions, like they did to Yogananda about his two wives who would die and then he'd finally marry a third time. Well, Yogananda never married. He, he burned his horoscope on his brother's doorstep and said, seeds of karma cannot germinate if burned and roasted in the fires of wisdom. Hmm. So he essentially doubted the astrologer, and he was right to do so, because Master Yogananda had a glorious destiny that plays a humongous role in how humanity, even at this time, is moving through this challenge. But what the, the point I'd like to make is that none of this is fixed. So an astrologer that tries to give you a specific prediction, they're either a psychic or they're taking a big risk. You can't predict God. God is unpredictable and vast beyond the human mind. And he's even much bigger than astrology and the amazing superconscious energy behind that. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that if, if an astrologer is trying to give a future projection of specific event, they're probably using their Rahu. That's the part of the mind that projects into the future. It creates all sorts of anxiety and worry for us as you know you probably stressed yourself out many times uselessly about things that never even ended up going as you yeah. thought they might right and and so Rahu is unwise to be using as an astrologer except only energetically you can speak of future things but you never want to give specific events because I as far as I'm concerned that was never part of 
the intention mm. that the Rishis would make us astrologers look brilliant because we predicted these amazing things and they happened just like we said they would. That's false. Mm. That's not true. We, we don't have that power unless we're psychic phenomena, unless we're in that place. of. And what is it that makes Rahu, this unstable future projection, what is it that makes him stable? It's a state of deep, calm, breathless, present moment, ecstatic awareness. That's what will make an astrologer able to see the future. Mm-hmm. Being completely here and now in God's presence. And in that, you get insight into future, past, present. It's all one when you get close to God. So the astrologers of India and the astrologers of America will ultimately blend qualities. And I think the truth is that this was Yogananda's intention for religion in general. And for the material efficiency of the West to meet with the spiritually efficient techniques of the East, and we would create a new and wholesome culture. That's what we have to look forward to. And I think that Saturn in Capricorn and next he'll go into Aquarius, which is another major change for the planet this time it will be in consciousness and ideas but that that will begin in 2023 until may of 2025 and that will be another cycle in which things will likely change a lot Mm. but the 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 projection of the future is unwise point my point being because god is unpredictable so when we work with future prediction as an astrologer of, of my type, we're going to be describing energy and possible manifestations. And what I will do for the client is I'll say, well, if you responded to a situation like this in this way, well, this is what you might see as a result. But there's other options. You know, it has everything to do with your reactive process and most importantly, your humility and willingness to learn the lessons that life wants to teach you because we know that those students who go into class and say teacher I want to learn and they pay close attention and they question the teacher when they don't understand those students get straight A's they graduate and they're out of the school yeah and those are the ones to become the masters is those who said okay I'm in this thing to learn some stuff I'm I'm pretty young and stupid that's a safer approach than something like I'm an astrologer and I can see the future. And let me tell you what's going to happen. That's very dangerous spiritually to take that kind of attitude. And it is said in India, astrologers are cursed. And that the the statement comes from that reason is that there can be a lot of egoic arrogance as a result of what this, this science does give you insight and it does give you true information about the client but if you take that into your own ego it's very dangerous spiritually yeah so astrology is more like channeling work and so is tarot or or western astrology or chinese astrology all of those can be amazingly efficient and enlightening for somebody if the person who's interpreting is offering themselves as an instrument for God's voice rather than their own ego, you see? Because God isn't biased to Western or Vedic astrology. He wants to use instruments to help heal his children 
And if they're in touch with him, he'll use whatever science they know yeah. to flow through them and help help the person. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I think that seems like a, a perfect place for us to to finish for today. But um, I am sure you have piqued some interest. So how can people connect with you? Sure. Thank you for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I have a, an email. It's astrologywithkalidas at gmail.com. I have a, a website, astrologywithkalidas.com. And you can sign up for an appointment there. You can uh, sign up to just ask me some questions. It's free of charge. Uh, I'm passionate about this work. I love the feeling of connection with the divine that it provides for both myself and hopefully for the client. Mm. And uh, I I have a YouTube page with a a series of videos that I've been making this year about the very circumstances that we're in. Uh, So there's a number of them, probably 12 or 14 videos, and you can find those on YouTube at Astrology with Kalidas, but but you won't find it unless you make that all one word, Astrology okay. with Kalidas, just one word, because uh, otherwise you'll find a, an infinite amount of Indian astrologers and oh yeah, the, it's a uh, the the word Kali and astrology are very popular words that go together. Okay, so you'll find you'll find a lot of different things there. Okay. But uh, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, I'm happy to serve in this way. And it's my it's my blessing and great joy to do that. So I look forward to hearing from anyone who's uh, felt benefited or has more questions from today's uh, session. Beautiful. And I'll put all of that info in the show notes, too, so that they can have easy access. So look sure. for those. Good. Well, thank you so much. This has been beautiful. Yes, thank you. I appreciate so much the opportunity to share. And I, I'd like to actually see some more of what your work with your podcasts. I'm going to look at them and see, because uh, uh, I appreciate just you putting yourself out there as an instrument, because that's what that's what everyone should be doing at this time is, what do I feel called to do to improve things at this time? And if you don't know, ask, ask to be guided and oh, then take a beautiful. step and I, I applaud you for, for taking the step and, and manifesting this because I, I do think there will be a, a, a lot of people helped from, from your work. So thank you, Karen. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Good. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.